Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi and welcome to another exciting installment of the program Tawheed and the Creation, exploring the book The Big Bang, The Amazing Human Body, authored by Bilasani Mani. My name is Muhammad Fasih Peterson, and as always, Alhamdulillah, I'm joined in studio by Bilasani Mani. Bilasani, Assalamualaikum and welcome to the studio once again. Walaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Muhammad Fasih. It's always nice to be with you, and uh, I hope, inshallah, that this will be uh, a very useful and exciting program today, inshallah. Inshallah, I mean, as always, alhamdulillah, touching on topics that uh, we we kind of have heard about, we, we have a little bit of an idea about, but uh, when we really start to look and ponder over what Allah subhanahu has created beyond just the names, subhanAllah, a whole new dimension opens up and this uh, evening, inshallah, we'll be exploring something that we are familiar with. But the concept behind that uh, is, of course, what we will be exploring and the greatness of these gifts that Allah has given unto us. Obviously, we're speaking this evening about water. We'll be looking at the aspect of water, uh, something that is a great ni'mah, something that we in Cape Town are very uh, nervous about when there isn't any rains, particularly for our dams. So we'll be speaking about that, inshallah. But before we get into that, Prasadi, we just want to maybe recap on the the topic that we touched on last week and that was about the earth and particularly the layers of the earth. Now we spoke about the amazing ability of the atmosphere to protect the earth, to act as a shield against harmful rays from the sun and all kinds of other threats from from, from space so to speak. Uh, so just maybe a recap on, on what we touched on last week inshallah. Shukran Muhammad Fasih. Um, even one step further back is to remind ourselves that we're actually now talking about our home planet, Earth. What the reason why we have included some of these aspects is not to go into everything about the Earth, but to pull out a few unique features of this planet and what makes it so different from the rest of what we see around us. And in particular, um, is the earth a one of its kind? And I must say, as far as we know, and scientists have tried to examine what is out there in space, both in our own solar system and other solar systems, and they've not been able to find a planet that has the same features and characteristics like planet Earth. And one of it would be the atmosphere, uh, which is so new, uh, so unique to, to planet Earth. Um, and as you've indicated, one of the big things about our atmosphere is in fact that it acts as a shield, which Allah has spoken about in the Quran, Allah says in the Quran, and we have made the sky a protective shield 
scientists have only found out the role of the atmosphere uh, very recently, yet Allah spoke about this in the Quran. Can we then say that by looking at this profound fact that we as, as Muslims should more than anyone else embrace the science of things? And when I say embrace the science of things, we should really start to ponder and wonder over the science of things as even in looking at those aspects of the world and how things work, we get to see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in those things. When we look at the Quran, then it is the one thing that Allah uses to speak directly to us. Allah speaks directly to every single human being through the Quran. Those are Allah's words. Now Allah has given us information in the Quran long before we were even born that information existed and it was revealed to us through Rasulullah sallallahu Now as we make progress that information about how the earth works, what is the role and function of the atmosphere becomes knowledge that we discover as we move along. It's one of the great bounties of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us more firm and more convinced that whatever is in the Quran is in fact the truth. Because how else, how else could a book that has been revealed 1400 years ago speak about something that was totally unknown right up until a few years ago? So that should be confirmation for us when the Quran not only speaks about facts, but also the Quran tells us how to live our life what we should do and what we should not do. And to strengthen that, Allah gives us these little reminders around us. Only, only Muhammad Fasih, if we ponder. Otherwise, we'll come across this information and we won't even recognize that it's actually a sign and a reminder to all of us. Now, before we go to break, we've been looking now at the earth, we're looking at the atmosphere. But there's one aspect of the earth that is very apparent from space. And that is the vastness of the oceans, the uh, vastness of water that is to be seen from space that makes up 70% or more of the earth. And I believe that is where we will be going next. Just to start off with, looking at that concept and that idea of water, uh, people say that water is life. How do we begin to look at water and how do we begin to understand it in the way that Islam uh, wants us to reflect on this, this, this resource? The Quran is such a great book um, and if we really look for the answers, we will find it there. Um, in the Quran, verse 2130, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informs us, and I quote, open quote, we made from water every loving thing. Now, the fact that things originated from water is one thing, but the fact 
that water is required to maintain life as well, apart from the many other functions and roles that it performs, um, water is is the the special thing from which all living things, plant, animal, human, originated from. Allah says that we made from water every living thing, so we must accept that as a fact. We don't fully still scientifically understand exactly, but now, recently, people have confirmed that all forms of life originated from water. But the other fantastic thing is that water, without water, you cannot sustain life. So yes, you can create life, but it's also necessary for it to sustain life. And something which I would rather not go into detail on in this program, because there are many, many, many different views around this, is that Allah also says in the Quran, in another verse, 25:54, it is he who created man from water. Now that can be interpreted in different ways. Um, and I am not going to speculate on this program further on this, although I was asked by people whether I'm going to, and I want to confirm I'm not going to, because that is a very, very, very contentious thing about Darwin's theory of evolution, the missing link, did we come from apes as our ancestors? Uh, it's too, too, too controversial a topic. Uh, to be doing on a, on a program like this, but except to say the two Quranic ayah, um, verse 21:30 and 25:54, explains to us the importance of water. And it's such a precious commodity that we must understand that Allah reminds us in the Quran of how precious it is and what a great gift it is to us as human beings. The voice of uh, Minasani Mani, this is the program uh, Tawheed and the Creation, exploring the book The Big Bang, The Amazing Human Body uh, and uh, this evening we've uh, moved into the realm of water looking at uh, the aspect of water this great gift that Allah subhanahu has given to us and that sustains all life on earth uh, when we come back after the break we will be going into the science and the, the scientific makeup of water and how we understand it from a the perspective of science and uh, the after inshallah we'll be looking at how it uh, influences uh, life on earth stay with us Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Welcome back to the program Tawheed and the Creation, exploring the book The uh, Big Bang, The Amazing Human Body with Bilisani Mani. And this evening we are looking at water, a very, very precious resource. And as we mentioned in the previous segment, that 
it's more important for us now, uh, I think at least it's on the agenda now for us uh, to preserve water in the Western Cape because we are experiencing a water shortage. And even though we've had some rains during winter, people are still conscious about saving water and ensuring that we can have this resource with us for many, many years here in the Western Cape. So tonight we'll be looking at this resource, but not just unpacking it in terms of do we have enough water, but rather what exactly is water when we go to the molecular level? What is the structure of water and how does it service the needs of, of, of every living thing? Mohamed Fasih, um, I think most people know uh, what the formula for water is, H2O. Uh, as we've mentioned before, we see it on the bottles. Uh, people learn about this. So H2O, what it actually stands for is that there are two molecules of hydrogen and one molecule of oxygen. When they combine, then they form one molecule of water. Now, it is not the scientific makeup that is so astounding about water, but the characteristics of water. We know it's colorless, it's odorless, and uh, it's liquid. Um, we know those things, but we're not talking about those things. There is a special quality that makes water unique. That's why we've included that so we can appreciate water from another angle, not only because of its importance, but what makes it special. Unlike most other substances on the planet, water behaves in a very peculiar manner. Normally, if you take something, uh, any metal, and you heat it up, what happens? It expands. It expands. Um, if, if you make it colder, then it? Contracts. It contracts. Water does exactly the opposite. Water does the opposite. When water gets colder, it actually expands. It gets bigger. So that is the first point. Now, the other thing is that normally when, when you take a substance um, that's been in a, any form, whether it's liquid, a liquid form or a gaseous form, and you make it solid, it becomes heavier. Water is the opposite. Water, as it gets into a solid state of ice, then it actually becomes lighter. Now, that might not sound like a mind-boggling fact. So what, people might say, so, so, so what? But look at what the consequence of these special characteristics of water led to. The first thing to say is, <clears throat> because water floats, because it's lighter than water, uh, when, when uh, ice floats, when it freezes, it forms a layer on top of the liquid water. It forms a barrier between the 
atmosphere and what is below the water, almost like a shield. Now, that thickness allows, that thickness of ice allows a barrier between the liquid water and the liquid water is important to sustain life, sea life. So if everything was ice, then you wouldn't have had life. But you know the pictures that we have or the videos that we've seen um, when people cut out a round hole in the ice to, um, to fish. They wouldn't have been able to do that if it was solid ice below. That's a, 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 a practical way of demonstrating that life continues below the ice. If it didn't happen like that, that uh, we had these two qualities, if it behaved in a normal way, that as the uh, water gets colder, it freezes and drops down to the bottom, if it didn't float, it would have accumulated on the seabeds and the riverbeds and would have moved up progressively till the entire seabed and the riverbeds would have been completely frozen and we would have had no liquid uh, water. SubhanAllah. Um, one never really thinks about the fact that there is life being sustained and continuing to, to exist under ice. But that is such a profound fact that if ice did not behave in this manner, that there would be no life under the oceans, especially in places like Alaska, in places like Iceland, where it gets so cold in actual fact that lakes and rivers freeze over in Antarctica and in the Arctic Circle, where parts of the ocean freezes over. Not only that, Fasir, not only that. Yes, that would have happened there. There would have been no life there. But if the riverbeds and the seabeds became uh, frozen from the bottom up, it would have spread progressively outside of those areas where we see ice and snow. It would have moved on and on because there would not have been a protective um, or something to prevent this cold to spread and the water uh, turning into ice because say, say for example you say Alaska the place next to Alaska I don't know what the place is next to Alaska right now uh, but that water as it came into touch uh, uh, with, 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 with the frozen solid seabed it would also have frozen and it would have moved and moved in fact the whole planet would have turned into a ball of ice there would have been no liquid water. The, the sun, if it came out, that could, have, could be a, a comment, would not have been able to melt the ice sufficiently for it to turn into liquid water and to keep it there because of the amount of solid ice just below that. It would have probably melted the but Allah knows best, uh, but it would not have been sufficient to sustain life because as it, it melts, it would turn back into ice. 
and the whole planet would have been become a solid ball of ice. Subhanallah. I, w- I was wondered why it is that when you take a ice tray and you fill it with water and you put it in the fridge, you know, I always wondered why is it that it just doesn't freeze maybe from the bottom? Mm-hmm. Why does it freeze from the top? And so, Subhanallah, this is this is by design to ensure that life is continues <coughs> to be sustained, but also to protect the earth from falling into uh, become, from becoming a deep freeze, basically. Yes, uh, in fact. Um, the, the, the thing to pull out the point, the take home point is how great water is. L- let us remind ourselves the reason why we have life on earth is because of the special qualities that water has. Allah designed water to be different from other material. Everything else behaves in a particular way. Allah pulled out water and made it behave in a particular way and because of those particular and specific characteristics and qualities that water has um, through that Allah made it possible for life to emerge and to be sustained on this planet of ours. Even if we think about the nature of water being liquid, imagine if it were to rain and the water found itself in any other shape, it would never be able to reach the rivers, would never be able to reach the ocean, because the nature of it would not be to flow. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. <laughs> so it gets to places because of the very fact that it, it, it doesn't only behave in a particular way, but it can change form. Imagine, imagine it was not able to, to turn into a gas form. Then as the sun heats up the water, it wouldn't have been able to evaporate. But through normal atmospheric uh, conditions, it's able to move into the three different states, gas, liquid, and solid, Uh, subhanAllah, under normal circumstances. For other material to go through these three stages of of existence, uh, it would require enormous heat, to get it uh, something solid, to get it uh, into a state of, of liquid, and even more heat to get it into a state of gas. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. Uh, but certainly if we examine the idea that our planet as a whole is the only planet in the solar system that has this substance and can sustain a life. How profound is this fact? And how profound is it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala placed water here for us, those who are Allah subhanahu wa vice students, those of us who Allah subhanahu wa placed here to serve Allah, that only on this planet do we find water present in the way that it is? SubhanAllah, um, it is so unique um, that scientists are still baffled that they haven't been able to detect any form of intelligent life anywhere else in the cosmos. In the entire universe, they've not been able to detect any form of life conclusively. The only place that they know of where life exists is planet Earth. And yet, they've been able to travel back in time, uh, 13.8 billion years to the point of origin and have used that information and with all the technology available, 
they still haven't been able to conclusively detect any form of life. So this tiny, minute speck in the vast ocean of creation called planet Earth is the only place where we have these unique features of life. And out of that, one of the key factors is that we have running water. But to make it even more fascinating is the fact that water, Allah made it behave in a particular way that's different from how other elements and objects and material behave. So if we really ponder on water, not only the importance, because if we don't have water, we, we thirsty and we're going to die eventually and all of that. But look at the qualities of water and the characteristics and then think of Allah as the creator of water and say how great Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. SubhanAllah, the voice of Balisari Mani. This is the program, Tawheed and the Creation. This uh, evening, we're exploring the concept of water and how it behaves and uh, how we as human beings, but also this planet itself is so dependent, not only on water, but its properties to ensure that life is sustained and also to ensure that our realm makes sense to us. Alhamdulillah, with the good of Allah. We're going to go for a break. When we come back, we will continue. Stay tuned. لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah and welcome back to the program Tawheed and the Creation, exploring the book The Big Bang, The Amazing Human Body, authored by Bulasani Mani. This evening we've been looking at various aspects of the earth, various things that make it very, very special. One of those is its atmosphere. Uh, we've spoken about that in the first part of the program. Then we moved on to water and its characteristics and what makes water special um, and what makes it unique, something that's only found on earth. Now, moving on to another aspect and that is the nature of the earth in its rotation also the fact that we know Bilisali, the earth is not necessarily aligned at a 90 degree angle or 180 degree angle there's a specific tilt to the earth I know that uh, uh, we see this tilt when you buy a globe and it's a globe that has a little foot on it and you, you rotate it and you ask yourself the question why is the why is there this tilt to the earth and what makes this significant? What makes this so special and, and important for the earth to be rotating at an angle? Yeah, the earth is a ball with an axis going through its center. Now, if we were to look at that, um, any other object, I think your, your reminder that when we buy these atlases, the globe atlases, um, and we see that's exactly how it is in reality. It is hanging to one side at the tilt of 23 degrees. 23 degrees off the center. So why is it that it's tilted? And what is the significance of this tilt that it's not running 100% true? Um, let us first remind ourselves, the Earth spins around that axis that we've spoken about. Um, as we sit here, 
the earth is actually spinning at a speed of 1,600 kilometers an hour. As we sit and speak here and look around us, everything is spinning around the center of the earth, its axis, at the speed of 1,600 kilometers per hour. <laughs> so for all of those who love fast cars and going fast, just by sitting here, we're actually moving faster than any guy who would have souped up on the, on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, if you want to be moving your car fast, you have to go faster than 1,600 kilometers per hour. <laughs> so the, the second part that we have to remind ourselves, we mentioned this, and I'm going to, 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 to just reiterate the, the point, and that is, yes, so it spins around its own axis at this phenomenal speed of 1,600 kilometers per hour. But there's another movement. The Earth moves around the Sun. That first movement was spinning around its own axis, but as it's spinning around the axis at the same time, it's moving even faster, close to 100 times faster, 100,000 kilometers per hour, it's going in an orbit around the sun. So if you combine the two together, it's moving around the sun at 100,000 kilometers per hour and spinning at the same time around its own axis at 1,600 kilometers per hour. And this has been going on for how long? For 4.5 billion years and everything has been kept in that strict rigid parameters and at that same speeds from the beginning of the planet Earth to who knows when, until the end of time. SubhanAllah, I just had this image now of the Earth actually spinning. And if we think about that profound speed of about 100,000 kilometers per hour and maintaining the same kind of momentum, never slowing down, never speeding up, maintaining this, that momentum for as long as the Earth has been in existence. Um, and, and, and what makes it even more profound is that we are completely unaware of these factors. We are completely, I mean, at the time when man thought the earth was flat, we are completely unaware, even now as we're sitting here with the science at our disposal, we look at the horizon and the earth seems to be in place and it seems to be fixed. But in reality, we are moving at such mind-bending speed and yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keeps us intact while this earth traverses the cosmos, basically, uh, revolving around the sun. You see, Muhammad Rashid, we know so little about who we are and what we are and what goes on around us. And we miss out on all the great things that should be acting as signs for us. If we think and realize that the Earth is involved in these two activities, spinning around its axis and orbiting around the sun at those speeds, if you were to tell a child that, or even many adults, they will say, no, it's nonsense. They, 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 they can't believe that everything that we see around us is part of that movement. So what this shows is that fact becomes more difficult to believe than fiction. <laughs> it's easier to, to believe that everything is stationary rather than to believe 
this scientific fact that the Earth is spinning around its axis. And as a matter of fact, if any one of those speeds were to be affected, if the Earth didn't spin at that speed around its own axis, what would have happened? Our night and days would have been uh, thrown completely out. We, we wouldn't have a 24-hour, you, you would have to throw your watches away. Uh, if, if, for example, it's faster or slower, it would have meant that a day is shorter or longer, and uh, the way we travel around the sun would have meant that a year is not a year. If it's faster, it means a year is shorter. If it's slower, it means a year is longer. So, keeping that rigidly in that is another mind-boggling fact of how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala maintains, maintains the universe. When we say Allah is the one who controls, who not only created, but maintains and controls the universe for the lifetime of this. And until the end of Qiyamah, every single millimeter that the earth moves is directly under Allah's control. It can't go out of that. It sticks rigidly to that and Allah's been on control while the earth, they say, is 4.5 uh, billion years old and who knows how long it's still going to live. Allah's been keeping it rigidly in that. Um, just also when we spoke about the seasons and I think this bears mentioning once again because I don't think we mentioned it earlier on the distance between the sun and the earth at certain points in that orbit ensures and also the, 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 the tilt of the earth ensures that the seasons come to each corner of the earth so to speak so that every region of the earth has its summer its, uh, its, uh, its autumn, its winter and its spring Yes, um, the tilt of the earth is directly responsible for the four seasons that we have. If we didn't have the earth tilted at an angle like that, we would have had only one season. I don't know what we would have called one season. Uh, maybe you would have called it some winter. <laughs> uh, it would have been one season. There would have been no change in the in in, in, in in the seasons. But the tilt, if you just picture uh, the tilt at as it is at that angle, um, at some point the, uh, as it moves around the sun, and this takes a year, a full year at that speed that we spoke about, hundred thousand kilometers, at some point the furthest point on the opposite end would be the closest point because of the tilt. And the other two points uh, would be in the middle of the two. And that's where the, 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 the two seasons come from. Now, if we only had one season, it means that the equator would have been extremely hot. That would be the hottest area um, around the equator. But the, the north and the south pole would not have had um, sufficient exposure to the sunlight because the ball is round, um, that would have been frozen solid. Um, and, 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 and you would have had ice caps at the top that stretched right down 
much further with just a small band of extremely art and maybe there would have been the potential in between there for other areas but generally speaking the the the, the ice caps um, in the same way that we spoke earlier about um, water that as it's frozen it would progressively move down and down and down and down till it starts connected connecting you would probably not have had the possibility of of life uh, as we have it today so the seasons are extremely extremely important for life and the, the maintenance of life Lusani, um just as we start to wrap up uh, the show, um, just in, if we look at uh, what we've mentioned now and what we've covered in terms of the tilt of the earth and uh, the idea that the tilt of the earth is directly responsible for the seasons, again, this is unique to the earth. Uh, yes, the, the, the other plants are orbiting, but the fact that the, the, the earth's relationship with the sun is such that it requires a very delicate balance to keep it going and yet we've spoken about the role that waters played we spoke about the role that the atmosphere has played uh, we spoke about the role that the spinning on the axis and the rotating around the earth's plays but again all of this all of this balance all of this order has been given to this little planet this tiny little blue planet third rock from the sun as they say that is a speck in the galaxy a speck in our milky way and yet the only place that sustains life and the only place that we as human beings can 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 go to this is the only place we can there's nowhere else we can go subhanallah so definitely does this not then point to the the profound question that there certainly must be a rob ya allah ya rab ya rab ya rab ya rab these things confirm the existence of a mighty truly wise capable powerful Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, you know Allah instructed us to ponder on the signs these are things that are partly familiar with us some of the stuff we've learned and we've forgotten but we've tried to make the connection between the significance of this and to strengthen our iman and our tawheed not because it would be nice to to make these points you know when you're sitting amongst friends and to dazzle them with with facts and figures about how things work we would lose the point completely if we don't use this information to actually assist us to know Allah better and to know Allah's capabilities and his qualities and his greatness if we take the entire universe made up of trillions upon trillions of objects and this as you've indicated earlier Muhammad Fasih is one tiny speck it's not even the size of dust because even though we can't see dust but even if we were to able to see the dust and we take that as a speck that is the planet earth and yet it is so unique and this is the planet where Allah has spoken to us and who inhabit this planet to behave in a particular way and to believe in Allah as the owner of this entire universe and spoken to us on this whole dust particle <laughs> if one can call it that we should marvel at that and truly make effort to ponder on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala signs 
the signs must be, we, we, we must go look for it wherever we can because those are things that can actually strengthen our iman and our taqwa. Subhanallah. Uh, the voice of Bidasani Mani and uh, Bidasani, I want to say a big shukran for joining us uh, this evening and uh, taking us on this journey once again. May Allah grant that uh, when we assemble next week, inshallah, and we pick up from what we've discussed, that the lessons that we've learned tonight we'll be able to build on in terms of building on our iman and inspiring others Amen. in this path, inshallah. I mean, all the best, Bidasani, and wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Muhammad Fashir, shukran very much for having me here. It's a pleasure, alhamdulillah. And from myself, Muhammad Fashir, please until I speak to you again, inshallah. I bid you assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah and have a fantastic evening further. La hawla wa la quwata illa billah. La hawla wa la quwata illa